the sun goes down, all the monsters come out. But even a monster needs something cool to listen to in the dark. Welcome to Geo After Dark. Once upon a time at the foot of a great mountain, there was a town where the people known as happy folk lived. Their very existence a mystery to the rest of the world, obscured as it was by great clouds. Here they played out their peaceful lives, innocent of the litany of excess and violence that was growing in the world below. To live in harmony with the spirit of the mountain called monkey was enough. Then one day, strange folk arrived in the town. They came in camouflage, hidden behind dark glasses, but no one noticed them. They only saw shadows. You see, without the truth of the eyes, the happy folk were blind. In time, the strange folk found their way into the higher reaches of the mountain, and it was there that they found the caves of unimaginable sincerity and beauty. By chance, they stumbled upon the place where all good souls come to rest. The strange folk, they coveted the jewels in these caves above all things, and soon they began to mine the mountain, its rich scene, fueling the chaos of their own world. Meanwhile, down in the town, the happy folk slept restlessly, their dreams invaded by shadowy figures digging away at their souls. Every day, people would wake and stare at the mountain. Why was it bringing darkness into their lives? And as the strange folk climbed deeper and deeper into the mountain, holes began to appear, bringing with them a cold and bitter wind that chilled the very soul of the monkey. For the first time, the happy folk felt fearful, for they knew that soon the monkey would stir from its deep sleep. And there came a sound, distant first, it grew under castophony so immense that it could be heard far away in space. There were no screams. There was no time. The mountain called Monkey had spoken. There was only fire. And then, nothing. Oh, a little time you Listening to Geo After Dark.
Thank you, Ms. Valerie Clark, for that. That's right, it's that time once again for yours truly, Geo Broad, to come at you with all the goodness that is my world. Hell yeah! Thanks for joining us, and today... Uh, oh, we, well, apparently we have Jeeves. Jeeves, how you doing? Did you need something? Pardon the intrusion, Master Brawn, but it seems our guest has gone missing. Well, that's not good. I had a house guest stay with me overnight here, and, uh... Well, everything seemed to be fine. Um, did they leave early or something? Because I didn't see them go. I couldn't say for sure, Master Braun, but it does seem that their car is still parked outside of Braun Manor. Huh. Well, that is strange. I'm not exactly sure what to make of that. They seemed perfectly fine when they were here last night. We chatted it up and everything was all kinds of good. Huh. I wonder... Yes, and it would seem that at the same time, your lovely Venus flytrap plant looks quite full. <laughs> huh, yeah, we might want to... We might want to take that outside, Jeeves. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Jeeves, make sure you take Sparky the uh, Venus flytrap outside and... Uh, maybe a little bit of water on it would be a good idea. As you wish, Master Brawn. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, Jeeves, my undead manservant there. <laughs> he came back from his trip, if you remember last episode. Uh, there was a bit of a, well, a bit of a problem with the local PD out there. Uh, luckily, he got away scot-free. We managed to rebury his partners in crime, and he rejoined the uh, good old Braun Manor here. And it's good to have him back. Now, that being said, let's get into our next segment, shall we? Movies, madness, and more. This episode of Movies, Madness, and More features one of my very favorite movies, one that has a lot of bite. Welcome to Fright Night, for real. That's right, it's the 1985 classic, Fright Night. This movie is a huge inspiration on yours truly. Um, I remember the first time I watched it and seeing some of the special effects involved were just mind-blowing. Because you don't expect them. I mean, they're very impressive because they just come out of nowhere and get you. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of trick to get 
be back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. new neighbor is played by Chris Sarandon and he has some very interesting habits. Charlie starts spying on him from his bedroom window and before too long understands exactly what Mr. Jerry Dandridge is. He's a vampire. how much trouble you caused me spying on me almost disturbing my sleep this afternoon telling policemen about me you deserve to die boy Sarandon in this movie is just amazingly well put together as far as um, his abilities to be this vampire. It is damn impressive. He has to be one of the most debonair vampires I've ever seen on film. So over the course of this movie, poor Charlie isn't believed by anybody. Even his girlfriend Amy, played by Amanda Bierce from Married with Children fame. Yeah, she plays his girlfriend in this. And sure enough, even she thinks it's some kind of ploy to get her back when they have a fight. But nevertheless, in the end, people start to believe Charlie because old Jerry Dandridge cannot tame his bloodlust. Charlie even tries to enlist the help of uh, TV vampire killer Peter Vincent, played by Roddy McDowell. Who is it? Me, Evil Ed. What do you want? Hurry, there's a vampire out here. Let me in. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? Not me. Now, I used to admire you. You know that? Well, of course. That was before. I found out what a fake you were. Peter Vincent, the great vampire killer of Oh! <laughs> 
The master will kill you for this, but not fast. Slowly, oh, so slowly. Back. I say back. The end result of this is a great movie and a lot of fun. Now, granted, it's 1985 and by now seems very retro. But nevertheless, it is definitely a movie that is still to this day one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, the vampire look from this movie uh, is actually so inspired. Uh, the vampire, the look of the vampires in this so inspired me that my vampires in my stories for the Untold Chronicles have a very familiar look to them as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet Mr. Tom Holland uh, a couple years ago. A super cool guy. It was actually kind of auspicious because not only did I get to meet him, but here he is walking around this event I was doing with, who else? American Werewolf of London creator, director, Mr. John Landis. So here I am in front of these two masters of horror and, and film. And... Uh, it was just an amazing, an amazing moment. I actually gave both of them sets of my comics and um, explained to Tom how his uh, influence for my books um, happened and the look of the vampires and everything about it. So it was super cool. So Fright Night, an amazing movie. It had a recreation in 2011, I believe. Um... It was good. It was not a bad reconceptualization. Very modern day. Uh, and it was fun because it had uh, David Tennant, the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who. But still, I'm a, I'm a fan of the classics. So the original Fright Night is really, in my book, one of the best in vampire horror and comedy. Check it out. Oh, and also check out Tom Holland's Twisted Tales, which uh, you should be able to get on Blu-ray now. Tom Holland has a collection of Twisted Anthology Tales and uh, has a great little cast on it, too. So check it out. Tell him Gio sent you. Fright Night. If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life. <laughs> Listening to Geo After Dark.
That's right. And now we come to that special part of our podcast where we talk to a special guest. And this guest in particular is a really cool artist that I got to meet. And now I get to interview. His name is Thomas Goldworthy. And let's learn a little more about Tom in this Geo After Dark interview. Listening to Geo After Dark's interview time. And this is your host, Geo. And I'm talking with a man who really has brought his art uh, into focus. Uh, he creates a world all his own. And he really knows how to broaden his horizons, put it out there. He knows what he likes to do. And he works in a, a wide array of media. So let's talk a little more about him. This is Thomas R. Goldsworthy. Uh, Tom, you there? I'm here. Hey. Uh, well, welcome to the show, first and foremost. Well, and uh, yeah, man, I'm glad to have you on, seriously. Uh, now, I've known, I've known your wife for a long time, and she is super cool. So when she, and every time I talk to her, she tells me, you know, that you are just an artist I have to talk to. So I finally, <laughs> I She's finally, of, of, of talking to me. So. <laughs> I finally managed to say, you know what? You're right. I got to talk to this man and see what's going on. So um, it's good to have you on the show, man. Thanks again for coming on. No, I appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see. Um, was there anyone that you looked up to uh, and kind of inspired you to pursue art as a, as a you know, a way of life? Well, growing up, my grandfather was a big influence on me in a lot of ways. In fact, uh, when uh, when it was time for me to get some glasses, uh, my grandfather wore these thick frame glasses, and uh, so it wasn't really stylish at the time. Right. <laughs> that's what I wanted because I wanted to be just like my grandpa. Nice. Uh, uh, but he really he kept me. He, he was an artist himself. He drew. He, he used to sketch, you know, yachts and and ships and things like that. Oh wow. But he, but he never pursued it as a uh, career. Right. I, I think that he wished that he, he would have, but he had to raise a family and he, yeah. he needed a steady job. And Absolutely. so he, he worked in the natural gas industry for 40 years and, okay. uh, you know, made his living that way. But he, he kept me supplied with sketchbooks and, you know, pens and paper and just kept me, kept me, encouraged me to, to draw, you know, whatever I wanted to draw. And I would sit there at his house, when we visit him and just draw monsters and barbarians nice. fighting off the monsters, it was a really good time. He, I don't think he really cared for what I was drawing, but he encouraged me. You know, I mean, he was living vicariously through that artistic passion. I, I believe so, and, and 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 from where I am now, from from then, uh, he's he's no longer living. But I, I just think, like when I'm in, you know, different places around the world, I, I just think, you know, wow, I wish. I wish my grandpa could see me now. Absolutely. And you know, that's the cool thing about it is that, I don't know, I mean, personally, I believe that the energy and that flow, um, you know, doesn't go away. You know, I think that he instilled it into you, and it's a great way to like carry on that dream and that passion. No, I, I do feel that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, now, you went to Ringling College of Art and Design, correct? That's correct. It was actually called Ringling School of Art and Design back when I went and uh, I graduated in 1993. Oh, cool. Very cool. They, they changed, recently changed their name to Ringling College of Art and Design. Nice. nice. I majored in illustration there. Illustration. Wow. So is that, was, it, was that your really like, like a first taste into getting into processes and so forth that were actually like, like a structure? Um, I mean, is that going, is that, was that going to the next level for you? Yes, I, I really didn't have my my major plan was really just I, I really loved Norman Rockwell and I wanted to be the next Norman Rockwell. Nice <laughs> with so. barbarians and yeah, fighting monsters. I get that, and I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem logical, but uh, I just I thought that wow, what, what a great uh, career yeah. he had, and I just thought wow, that that'd be an awesome career path. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rockwell's work really kind of brought things into a context of the down-home feel and the, the real kind of that era of family and, and unity and community. I mean, he... And there was a sense of realism about his work, but there was, but you could also tell it was painted. And yeah. I, I was really drawn to the painterly aspect of it. Yeah. He did have a, a, his style all his own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, was there any specific professors out there uh, when you went to Ringling that really kind of uh, inspired you to, or that you admired even? You, you know, I had a lot of really great professors there at, at Ringling. Uh, one, one that st- stands out though, uh, he has a great you know backstory. Uh, his name is Kirk Wang. He, he's a Chinese professor, mm-hmm. and actually, when he was growing up in China in his early years, he grew up in a labor camp. Oh wow. And uh, just so happens that there was a lot of university professors in this labor camp. Uh, he and his sister learned to play piano in the sand. They would actually draw a keyboard in the sand. Wow! And when they when they pressed the, the notes, the the professors would hum the the, the tone, the tone yeah. of, of that note. So each key, he, they would hum the keys uh, of the. Correct. Wow. So. So it's just kind of inspiring that you can't keep someone down because his sister went on to become a concert pianist. Oh, wow. Yes. That is super cool. It's a great story. He's actually in the art history books already in in China. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, he taught me, you know, proportion, and uh, he would bring the yin-yang symbol Mm -hmm. into the classroom, put it in the front of the classroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everyone in your audience is familiar with the yin yang symbol. I'm the sure black and white swirl with the little, you know, the circles and. Right, yeah. right. So it's, it's half black and half white. Right. But on the white side, it has a little black dot. Right. And on the black side, it has a little white dot. And he he would explain that this is this pertains to everything in life, including your art. So, like, when you're drawing something and you're making a shadow, well, you need to put a little bit of reflective light in that shadow. And that represents the white dot in the, in the black side of the yin-yang symbol. Wow. And, in the, and in the white area, there's a little black dot. And that shows you need to put contrast in your highlight areas. So it, 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 it was pretty awesome just, yeah. just having him as a, a teacher. He's inspirational in many ways. It sounds like it, man. He sounds like he's really made an impression on you, definitely. Oh, big, big time. Something just clicked, you know, when I was in his class. And, mm-hmm. Uh, it really, you know, shot me forward as far as my learning progression. Nice. Knock on windows well. A friend no longer live I have forgotten. 
Was there, I mean, we talked about uh, Rockwell. Were there any other artists that really kind of inspired you going forward after college? Well, uh, more along the, the painterly aspect. I'm just drawn to that sort of loose style, but still maintaining realism, like John Singer Sargent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the, in the fantasy aspect, uh, I, I'm really drawn to Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell, yes. uh, Joe Jesco. Uh, those types of you know, Frank Frazetta, those those types of you, you can just tell they're they're paintings. Yeah, and, and uh, they have a style that you just can't deny. Oh, and then, you know, great composition, contrast, you know, everything that makes great art. But but it just has that really nice feel of of a of a painting. I was a huge fan of, of Frazetta and the idea of, of how he made things look so organic. Right. Um, really kind of drew me to his work. I mean, it was a whole level of just cool, you know? Awesome use of color. Yeah, yeah, dynamic. I mean, it was really theatrical the way he did things. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it didn't matter what it was. Anything he, he put his name on, you could just tell even before you saw it that it was a sure. you know, Frank Branzetta. Sure. It was very cool. I, I was a big fan of his. I, you know... There's a lot of artists out there who, you know, there was a documentary not too long ago uh, about Franzetta. And mm-hmm. I, I, just a lot of artists were so inspired by that kind of realism and feel. And at the same time, very uh, just fantasy, pure fantasy, you know, um, all together in one big ball of wax. Sure. So, oh, and, and the artists that I named, Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell, Joe Jesco, yeah. you can tell that they were influenced by Frazetta. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of his daughters is a friend of mine on Facebook, and every so often she'll like my post or whatever, and it's just really cool to... How awesome is that? I know, right? It's just kind of like, wow. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's super cool to, to see that kind of, you know, artistic passion really kind of drive and inspire and... I love that. I mean, I think that's fantastic. It's hard not to want to paint when you're, when you're looking through all those works. So. Exactly. <laughs> At some level, I mean, even if you don't know how to paint and you can only do stick figures, it's better than nothing. Start somewhere, you know? Right. right. <laughs> um, what describes your signature or um, your personal style? What do you think really kind of uh, stands out for, for people? Well, I... As an illustrator, yeah, I had to tackle a whole bunch of different mediums and styles, but in my personal work, I, I do try to stick to that painterly realism mm-hmm. where I, you know, I like to use the brush loosely, but, but I like to maintain a sense of realism with light and shadow. Yeah. So I, I call it painterly. I don't know what someone else would call it, the right. painterly realism. Okay. Always keeping in touch with that yin and yang that your teacher taught you. Correct. Nice. Try. <laughs> Now you do portraits and other uh, commissioned art pieces, right? Yes, yes, uh, from time to time. Uh, what are your clients' uh, usual responses when they see your final piece, your final work on that? Well, if someone's uh, forking up the money to pay me to do something, I really take that seriously, and, and uh, I really want to go the extra mile and uh, give them even more than what they asked for. And that, and that, that's usually the response is that, wow, it's like this is beyond my. My, what I, what we thought, my wildest dreams, and and uh, and and that's very 
very uh, humbling that you know you can uh, connect with a person on that level and give them you know more than what they were looking for. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that under those um, in those situations, it's really fun to you know people who don't think they have an artistic flair or they just have a concept in their head, and uh, you actually draw that out and you bring it to life for them and blow their minds away. I, right. I, I couldn't agree more. I love doing that. I love them seeing it. It's very rewarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the money doesn't hurt either. <laughs> right. But still, it's one of those things where when you can connect uh, on that level, it makes it like, it's like magic. It's like, you know, it really kind of drives um, this whole feeling of, of connection home. Right. Uh, so, I, yeah, I totally agree on that. It's, it's super fun, too. It's super fun. Yes. Now, let me let me see. You've you've done uh, a lot of traveling. You've traveled all over the world uh, for renowned for renowned clients and stuff, correct? Yes, different different. Uh, mostly in the theme park industry, I've, I've done a lot of traveling. Nice. Yes. Can you tell me, uh, like, for example, share some of your stories of places you've been? Uh, sure. Well, I've, I've been to uh, Germany, Saudi Arabia, Italy, wow. uh, uh, the West Indies. I almost made it to Canada, but they deported me. They deported uh, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our client didn't purchase our work visas uh, properly, so oh, God. They, uh, they put me right back on a plane. Wow. So, yeah. I, I, could, I could get into Saudi Arabia, but not Canada. Can you that? <laughs> that's, that's pretty strange. And Canadians seem so nice. <laughs> not in the immigration department. <laughs> Strangely. Yeah. Wow. That's, but, see, that's a story within itself. <laughs> but, you know, I, I always like Trump Lloyd art. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my things I used to do is whenever I was in a hotel room, mm-hmm. and I can say this now because the statute of limitations are are well expired, uh-huh. is that I used to paint a giant cockroach on the wall in every hotel <laughs> that I stayed at. And you could only see it if you were sitting on the commode and, and glancing underneath the counter. That's where I would put it every time. Nice. That is awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was when I was younger. And I didn't realize I was uh, probably defacing property. <laughs> you got a wicked streak in you, Tom, and I like that. Well... <laughs> Nice, nice. I've grown up, and like I said, I'm well past the statute of limitations on that. <laughs> uh, I was really nervous one time because my boss was checking out, and I was in the car ready to go, and I could see the maid's cart getting closer and closer to my room. <laughs> I was starting to panic. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be there for the scream. You want to make sure that you're uh, well away. <laughs> I'd rather imagine the scream. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who may not know uh, the international uh, theming industry, um, what it is, can you explain a bit about what it is? Well, basically like a theme park or a museum, if you can imagine you, you know, whatever it takes to make that visitor feel like they're immersing into that themed environment. So 
say it's a pirate, a place about pirates. We, we build a Spanish galleon that's wrecked up on a, on a bunch of sculpted rocks. And nice. all, all the signage will uh, have pirate sayings on it. And, uh, and You're speaking my language, Tom. I love this. <laughs> we'll actually, you know, fabricate all all that in our shop. We 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 built the largest pirate ship we built is about ninety feet long. Damn, with a sixty foot mast, and uh, we recently did one that was probably about 35, 40 feet long. Wow, with waterfalls spilling out of it. Dang. Uh, but it's it's just anything that from the signage to the wall murals to. Uh, the colors, uh, maybe the greenery, the sculptures that, that ties into that theme, whatever it would be, that kind of makes you forget that you're you're in a building. You're, right. you, it puts you in that space that it's, right. un, it's an underwater scene. It's a, yeah, you actually are there now. You're, you're you're immersed into that world. Right. So that's basically the theming industry is what whatever it takes to get to that point. Nice. 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 Well, just FYI, if you ever do a pirate scene or, or have some leftover pieces that you don't know what to do with, I'll be more than happy to take them off your hands for you. Just All right. I'll send them right on down to California. <laughs> All right. Nice. Um, so uh, where can people connect with you on social medias and so forth? Where where can they find you on Facebook and so forth? I have a very neglected Facebook account. Uh, you can put, type in facebook.com slash goalsworthyart, and I'll try to do better with it. But it is a little bit neglected. Or you can contact me on LinkedIn. Nice. What's your, uh, what would they find you under LinkedIn? Uh, Thomas Goldsworthy. Okay. I'll be the one that's a creative director. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think there's five Tom Goldsworthy's. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Tom. Well, this- to, too many to get to me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not. It's it's process of elimination. Look, look for you know. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. Seriously, man, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to know you, and you know, you, you, my friend, are actually doing what a lot of people wish they could do. You've learned a lot over the years, and you've been all over the world doing it. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, man. And that was our interview with Tom Goldsworthy. Tom, thanks again via Skype for doing that interview. Much appreciated, and uh, it was great talking to you, man. Hope to do it again. That being said, um, well, it looks like that's about our show, I believe. Indeed! I again want to thank our guest, Tom Goldsworthy, for his uh, time on that interview. Don't forget to check out his Facebook at Goldsworthy Art on Facebook as well as look for him on LinkedIn under Thomas R. Goldsworthy. All right. Excellent. Well, it looks like we have Jeeves coming back, and he's bringing my Venus flytrap. Sparky uh, in with him. Jeeves, what are you doing with Sparky? Also, did you have any luck finding my guest from last evening? Why, yes, I did, Master Braun. I managed to find your guest in the parlor. Well, that's some exciting news. Are they okay? Is everything all right? Well, as they say, Master Braun, hindsight is twenty twenty. It seems I also found parts of them in the garage. It would seem that Sparky here has a tendency to uh, hop around, if you will. 
I'm afraid your guest will not be returning. Uh, well, at least not in the same fashion as they arrived. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, uh, that is some unfortunate news. This is why I have such a hard time with my Christmas list every year, by the way. Well, Jeeves, take uh, Sparky in the other room there, and um, no feedings for a while, huh? As you wish, Master Braun. <laughs> well, as I was saying, we'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening. Thank you for all of those out there who uh, enjoy my art, who enjoy my painting work, who enjoy my graphic novel work, and who enjoy this podcast. I thank you all. I really appreciate it. Go to www.brongraphics.com to check out everything that I do, including Geo's Vixens, my salute to pinups. Also check me out on Facebook and Twitter. I'll talk to you soon. And remember... Only you can bury the body. Really, Gio? Really? Paid for it. Sponsored by your friends at the Illuminati. All celebrity voices were impersonated. No one does. <laughs> Ta-da!